4: Feeling about this.
2: Welcome to episode two hundred and eighty one of Blue Harvest, and today it's just me, Almsburg Hart. Um, This is going to be a little bit of a different episode because all of you listeners are so awesome. We have a ton of voice mails and emails backed up and um, I sort of explained it last episode, episode 280, that there would be a special midweek Blue Harvest where I would try to get through some of this backlog because you guys were so awesome to send in stuff that I didn't want it to get lost in the shuffle unfortunately I can't guarantee that I've got it all (laughs) ready to go there's so many of them I um I'm stoked you guys are so uh, into interacting with us we love it um if you haven't already make sure to check out episode 280 with our buddy Josh Chapman from Star Wars spelt out where we went over chapter 15 of the Mandalorian and all of the crazy <coughs> Star Wars related announcements from last week. And then, of course, this late Friday slash early Saturday episode 282 will be out where we will be discussing um, the Mandalorian season finale with the last of our special Mandalorian season two guests Uh, and that should be a lot of fun and hopefully if you guys get in any stuff before then we'll be able to get to it then if not Will and I have a um, an episode planned for Christmas week if we can get together and schedule it and make it work out where we'll sort of be going over uh, season two of the Mandalorian as a whole because you know Will has had spotty availability for some of the episodes and and things like that so we'll get his updated thoughts on anything that he may have missed out on discussing and uh, sort of put a nice bow on the end of the season so that's the plan for right now and we'll see how it goes but until then let's hear from some of our wonderful moisture farmer friends You'll never be lonely at moisturefarmersonly.com. That's, that's what we say around here. Um, you know what? Let's kick this off with a song. I mean, just because it's not your normal episode doesn't mean we got to hear from our buddy steve at D Mundy, right? Let's hear what he has to say that he says pretty much every week. Let's hear it.
3: Key-A-D! key You'll need Jedi Master who can crash box Key D Cockhead Running around slaying so bitches with his Cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his butt. Key D Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Key D Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow, cockhead.
0: Blue herb, cockhead. Harfburger, cockhead. We'll win, cockhead.
2: Oh, all righty. Well, first up, we've got our buddy, Captain of the Dugout, Utah Dougie. Dougie, let's hear what he has to say.
3: Hey, Osmond, it's Dougie. Oh man, that was a great episode. I think my favorite episode of the entire series was Soka and the way she hunted and those guys in the game was just awesome to watch. Loved every minute of it. And I'm um, thinking, what if um, the planet that Mando takes Grogu to and set him on the pedestal to reach out in the force, what if some dark side user senses Grogu, attacks, and kidnaps Grogu, it takes him from Mando, then uh, Mando would have to team up with Ahsoka the rest of the season to uh, rescue Baby Yoda that could make for some great lightsaber action and great, great, uh, good versus bad with the force. Uh, maybe, maybe an emissary of Grand Moff Gideon or Thrawn thrown in there somehow. Anyways, love to hear what you think. Maybe how that'll, how that will play out. If what kind of uh, response we will get when Yoda, baby Yoda reaches out in the force. Love the podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: See, this is the issue here, right? This is the issue with getting so backed up is like we already kind of know. Well, so maybe not. I will say that there's still plenty of a chance that it won't be a Jedi or a good guy that uh, senses Grogu reaching out from that uh, seeing stone, right? I think there's still a chance that who picks up that signal turns out to be a dark side user. Um, although I don't necessarily think we're going to be seeing an Ahsoka team up, uh, this season. Uh, it turns out the team up was with, uh, Boba Fett did not see that coming. <coughs> um, you know, I think ultimately he will have contacted, um, you know, someone on the light side of the force, but I don't think you can rule out the possibility of, uh, someone on the dark side picking up that signal too. I honestly don't think, you know, we will see a resolution to that question, um, in a few days when the finale airs. I think that's, you know, we might get some hint at it, but I think that's solely season three, uh, material. So I think we, uh, We might get some sort of idea but like i said i would not be surprised if uh, someone on the wrong side of things also picked up the signal and becomes an issue next season uh all right next up we've got now this i'm interested to hear what this guy has to say because some questions have been raised about uh lil grogu's survival of order 66 and getting away from the temple and we know that fateful evening when Anakin Skywalker and the 501st stormed the Jedi Temple didn't go so well for our next um, moisture farmer slash voicemail uh, lever. Let's hear what Old Sores Bandim has to say.
0: Hello, this is Sores Bandim and I'm back. There's been a great disturbance this week in the force, There's a little shit called Grogu has finally decided to show his face. Now we were all together on that fateful night when the Jedi Temple fell. We're all in the commissary room, we're trying to explain to Liam that Camino is a real place, and it is definitely not flat. When all of a sudden, Grogu comes wandering in. He says, boys, I'm off down the shops. Do you want anything? Shall I pick you anything up? Now I'm thinking, that's a bit strange, considering Grogu's never put his hand in his pocket in his bloody life. I think nothing of it, though. I turn to Grogu and I say, yes, pick me up a packet of Death Sticks and some Starburst. <laughs> Grab Liam some, uh, some Rizzlers and, uh, some cool ranch Doritos. Oh. Now, after a while, I'm thinking, that bloody little shit ain't coming back. I think he knows something we don't. Turns out, he got a little heads up on what was about to go down and decided to be away on his bloody toes the cheeky little shit. Well, you know what? You ain't much of a friend, Grogu. So how about you go your own way? (laughs)
2: Loving
0: you isn't the right thing to do. How can I ever change things that I feel If I could maybe I'd give you my world How can I when you won't take it free You can go your own way Go your own way You can call it a night. Only (laughs) day you can
4: go your own way. Go your own
0: way. Everything's turned around. Backing up, shacking up all you wanna do. If I could Maybe I'd give you my world Open up, everything's waiting for you You can go your own way Go your own way You can call it another lonely day you can go your own way. Go your own way. Right, that's enough for me, boys and girls. <laughs> I'll leave you to it. Ta-ra, you bunch of marks.
2: I think that left me with more questions than answers. I mean, I guess we got a piece of the the puzzle of what was going on with old Grogu and the night of order 66. But I think my biggest question is what is Sores Bandim's favorite uh, color of starburst? That's a very important question. Liam hitting up the cool ranch Doritos. I mean, I'm a big fan of that big Dorito fan. Maybe one day we could get, Blue Harvest sponsored by Doritos. <laughs> this episode of Blue Harvest is brought to you by sweet and spicy chili Doritos and the purple bag. The most excellent form of Doritos. <clears throat> um, man, I love when he breaks out into song. All right. Uh, next up, we got our uh, voicemail from our buddy, Vinny. The Mandalorian. We haven't heard from him in a little bit, so let's hear what he has to say.
5: I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's (laughs) just one thing that I need. And it's Boba Fett, because Boba Fett's back! Woo! He's back! And he's a good guy, and he's being redeemed, and it's his father's armor, and his father was given that armor. Woo! Things are looking good. Holy moly, everybody. I hope you enjoyed last night's episode. I'm out of breath. <sighs> I stayed up until nearly four in the morning re-watching last night's episode. Um, I'm still psyched, and I'm going to watch it a few more times today. Um, anyways, I don't really have a question <laughs> this week, but I hope you all enjoyed the episode. What a roller coaster. Um, anyways, if you want to check out a new podcast, why don't you come over to Docking Bay 3 5, uh, where me and my fiance will nerd out about <laughs> today's episode eventually. Um, anyways, hope everybody's having a great day and a jolly holiday season. And Vinny the Mandalorian app. Adios.
2: I had a feeling our buddy Vinny would be excited about that episode. I mean, come on. His name is Vinny the Mandalorian. <clears throat> um, you guys should absolutely check out uh, Docking Bay 35. It's a good time. Vinny is a good dude. That is for sure. Um, so, man, that episode. I have a feeling that that is going to become... Uh, something you guys get here tired of hearing me talk about, because I foresee it coming up quite a lot. Chapter fourteen of the Mandalorian: The Return of Boba Fett, Tamora Morrison being badass, acting his ass off, fighting his ass off, getting back in the armor. Man, 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 man. You know it's crazy. I've already seen, like, scrolling through Instagram, several people already whipping together uh, custom figures of Boba Fett and the super damaged armor, custom figures of him and his shiny, uh, you know, repainted armor. Uh, I'm sure the costumers are out there. Hard at work getting that stuff together. Man, there's going to be some varieties of Boba Fett at star wars celebration in a couple of years and i cannot wait to see that that's for sure all right next up we got a voicemail
1: from our buddy joel hey guys it's joel again calling from the netherlands what the fuck is going on with (laughs) the mandalorian it is absolutely insane there's no room to breathe anymore, it just goes one after the other. It's fucking insane. Uh, Two things that I want to say. First of all, I was part, I used to be part of the Boba Fett never did anything, why do people find him so cool crowd. And you know i I get of course that he did a lot more stuff in legends, and that's why he captured people's imagination, but I never read any of that. That was sort of before my time uh but I ain't saying that anymore this This was absolutely awesome like i uh, I mean he pulled out one trick after the other that we've never seen what what was that fucking like, he hit that one stormtrooper in the in the gut with that power shot from his wrist? Or was that just a normal blaster shot? Either way, it was insane. And then the knee rockets that he has? Fuck. <laughs> uh, I get it now, Hoz. He's fucking cool. <laughs> um, but secondly, I have a question. In the beginning... That first scene in the Razorcrest where where he wants him to get the ball again. First of all, that was adorable. We've like my first thought was, hey, we've never seen this guy talk so much. Like he's actually he actually has emotions. You know, we know he loves the child, but he loves Grogu. But um, it's always really subtle and really stoic. You know, you can see it sort of in his smallest movements that he cares. Uh, but he he's never as obvious with it. So I, I really love that. Also how he chuckled at Grover's reaction when he calls his name. Also adorable. But my question is, he gets the ball and then Mando's like, dang ferret. Oh, no, sorry. I'm not mad at you. It's just when the nice lady said you had training. I just, yeah, whatever that kind of thing i don't really know what he was talking about was he i mean he (sighs) did he not want Grogu to get it or like he wanted Grogu to get it but what i don't get i don't get that scene um i wonder if you know you had any more insight on that um yeah that was my question (laughs) again fucking insane episode uh can't wait to hear you talk about it. Uh, take care.
2: Oh, buddy. So, first off, welcome to the Boba Fett uh, Appreciation Fan Club. Glad, Always glad to have a new member. As far as I'm concerned, all are welcome as long as you're cool about it. Um, so, that scene in particular, I actually have a couple of questions about it myself. And honestly, the one... The idea that I've settled on is that I think that for a brief moment, maybe Mando was hoping that Grogu wouldn't be able to call the ball back to him or you know, just wouldn't do it in general. I think maybe the idea that they were giving, or trying to get across is that Mando doesn't wanna give Grogu up, <clears throat> that maybe he's hoping you know, all this is wrong, and that, you know, they can just keep going off on adventures together. That's kind of the feeling I got, although maybe not, I don't know, maybe they didn't do the best job getting that idea across, if that is what they wanted. <coughs> it is interesting, though. I kind of feel like that. Would, it's what it is. I think, you know, maybe they wanted to show that instead of, like, being you know, just all gung-ho about passing Grogu off to someone else, because the previous episode, like, he's he's very insistent about passing Grogu off to Ahsoka, and he's like, no, you made a promise, you got to take this little guy, and I think maybe they're trying to get across that his feelings about that are starting to change, and maybe he doesn't want to, I mean, you know, in the episode before, chapter 14, there's that whole sort of, um, scene of him saying goodbye to grogu and hanging out with him in the razor crest which is really sad um so maybe they're showing you know just sort of reinforcing that that he's not ready to give up and pass him off to someone else that's at least what i think all right next up we've got a voicemail i believe this is a voicemail yes from ian let's hear what they have to say
6: Hey, Blue Harvest. Ooh, uh, that quality. Ian Gallagher here. I know it's been a little bit, uh, been quite some time since I last, uh, sent an email or voicemail. Um, but I hope, I hope you're all, all doing well today. And I just wanted to send a question over your way. By the time you record next episode, uh, Chapter 15 will already have been out and you'll be talking about chapter 15. So I'm just going to go ahead and skip any speculation on that uh, episode and ask what you would like to see most from chapter 16. Um, you know, it could be a location, it could be a character um anything i think for me what i would like to see most um from chapter 16 is um some kind of i guess encounter uh between din and the armor the armor i feel like there's some unresolved well now there's been some a little tension um so i i'd really like before we get to season three i'd love to see din have a deep conversation uh with the armor about the path they've been on and this cult he's been raised in um so yeah let me know what you guys think love the show uh, and as always, may the force be with you.
2: Thanks, Ian. Um, you forgot one thing, buddy. You got to get your plug in. You guys should check out who... Uh, I think it's just Katana, the Katana cast. I think you say it like Connor McLeod of the Clan McCloud's uh, chosen weapon, his weapon of choice, but it's not spelled that way. It's it's Look up the spelling for java spell barge that's what it's called is the katana uh it's k e k h e t a n n a i believe the katana cast uh go over there and check out uh ian's show they just started that up uh fairly recently so i think we're definitely in store we're with some kind of Like you said, not confrontation as far as like a fight, but like a a coming to terms between the Mandalorian and the Armorer, Um, especially after last episode, after uh, chapter 15. I think that is an inevitability. I just don't know that there's time for that in this last episode. It seems like this episode coming up in a few days, the finale is going to be like the rescue mission i kind of am expecting you know that to be the main thrust of the episode and then you also have to factor in that it doesn't necessarily seem like he knows where the armorer and the rest of his buddies from that uh, covert are so it kind of makes me think that that is setting up for something we'll see in season three I think it's coming eventually you know the last we saw of the armorer she was whipping stormtroopers asses there's no reason to assume she didn't make it out alive at least I don't think so so I definitely think we'll see her again and I think Din will have to come to terms with the whole Death Watch sort of cult aspect of Mandalorian belief that he was raised under now what do I want to see in the finale that's a tough question Um, I think the tease of the dark saber at the end of season one last year was so phenomenal. I would love to see them give us another big tease. Uh, you know, it's something that would be coming in season three. I think, I think that's, you know, I think that's a shoe in. I think we're going to see something like that. And honestly, I can't imagine it being anything but, um, Whoever, uh, whoever's going to answer the call from Grogu right on Tython. So if I had to guess, I think that'll be the big tease for next season. Um, and as far as that, I don't know. I kind of want to see Moff Gideon take a lose. He's got to take the L right. I know like there's, there's some people out there that think we might actually end on a downer note with them not being successful in rescuing Grogu which you know could happen you know there's always uh there's a bit of a precedent for the second chapter of a star wars um project ending on maybe not the happiest note right so i guess i could kind of see that happening but man would that be a tough year waiting uh, a whole year because it it looks like season three is not going to start until around this time next year right christmas or so um that'd be a tough wait. That would be a tough wait to see what happened. Um I kind of do feel like they're gonna get him. I feel like they're gonna get him. I think we're gonna see a pretty awesome fight between Den and Moth Gideon. Um, you know, I'd like to see Boba Fett kicking some ass. I'm hoping they don't kill Boba in this next episode, but if they do, just like let him go out like a champ, man. We've already had the goofy getting hit in the jet pack and falling into the Sarlacc pit moment from return of the Jedi. Like if you're going to kill him off, give him like a good death and I'll come to terms with it eventually. Um, I'll be honest. My fears that he was going to die in this season were only uh, increased when they didn't announce the Boba Fett series during the Disney investor stuff because there were so many rumors of, out there, and so many of them turned out to be true, except for the Boba Fett one, and that makes me a little nervous. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on what uh, we got coming towards us later this week. It'll be interesting for sure. Can't wait to see what it is, though. <clears throat> All right, let's see. Next up, we got a voicemail. I think this is a first-time voicemail from our buddy, Mr. 100, Kobe.
7: Hey, Haws and Will, it's your boy, Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. Um, coming at you with the voice memo instead of the email. Um, the fingers are t- kind of tired today, so I just was like, screw it, I'm going to send the voice memo. Um, I'm on, like, my 10th, 11th try, probably, because um, mm-hmm. I keep making them, and they always end up being so damn long, and I don't want to, you know, clog up the airwaves. And, you know, I know everybody has a lot of questions they want to ask right now, and mine's probably not that important. But I've just been burning to ask you guys this question since this weekend. Um, give you a little background real quick. I'm younger. I am 21 years old, just turned 21, November 18th. Um, so going on about a a month of being legal, it's been a good time. But, um, my kind of thing is, is like, I grew up, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was of the Sith, but I barely remember that. So I don't really count it. I kind of count Force Awakens as my first, my first real Star Wars viewing, and um, yeah, so if you guys ever need like a uh, a, a spot surprise uh, guest on the show that has the experience of being a youngin and kind of very different uh, mindset about Star Wars from growing up in a way different time period than you guys would have, I you know I'm always down if you guys want to bully me and or whatever about being a youngin and whatnot. Um, anyway, so with that kind of background in mind, you know I. I have a lot of very different Star Wars experience from you guys. I never get to, got to experience a lot of things since you guys kind of grew up in the golden age of Star Wars, whereas I was kind of thrust into, like, the prequel age. Um, my kind of question is this. So I was at a comic book store uh, this weekend, so, and this is since I've, I've been burning to ask you since since this. Um, I was going through some figures. You know, this comic book store has a lot of the old vintage figures, like even some from like you know the the original movies, like the like the Kenner line from '77 and everything. But the ones I was kind of keying in on was the um, Revenge of the Sith ones, and then there was some pretty cool Phantom Menace ones I was kind of looking at. But I, I picked the fan or the Revenge of the Sith ones that I kind of wanted. Um, got some cool Jedi figures and stuff. And, and then I was kind of looking, just piecing through the Phantom Menace line. And I was looking, and um, I was with my girlfriend, and uh, who is not really much of a Star Wars fan. Um, so she's probably thinking, like, what in the hell is he freaking out about? But I was kind of piecing through them, and I found a Mace Windu one. And I'm like, ooh, I kind of want to buy this. And it was kind of cheap. Um, so I was like, I'm going to buy this. And I looked at it, and I was like, he's got a blue lightsaber. And whatever. kind of put him in my pile, kind of tossed him to the side. Um, pull out the key D figure. That's right, kind of two, probably behind him. And I'm like, he's got a purple lightsaber. Like, what is going on here? And I never thought about this. It, it took me 21 years of my life to realize. Like, there was a time when new viewers were going in to watch the Phantom Menace. The you know, the jump start for the prequels for the first time. And they had no idea, like, what color, you know, Mace Windu's lightsaber was. No color what Keaton Bundy's lightsaber was. People probably didn't even know what color Yoda's lightsaber was. I don't know why this is just coming to me. Like, I probably sound like an idiot, but... My question is kind of this. With that in mind, um... What were your guys' kind of, like... What were you guys cock a speculating when you went to Saw Phantom Menace for the first time? Um, what were your guys' big, like... What were your theories? What were your, um... You know, kind of the things you were speculating—lightsaber colors, who was powerful in the Force, who was going to do what, who was going to die where. Like, um, what were your guys' thoughts before the—you know—before like the prequels wrapped up and you actually knew everything? What were you guys? What were you guys thinking? Because I never got to experience that, so I really want to know what that was like from someone who, you know, was there, was conscious when those movies came out. Because I just got thrust into it all at once. You know, I—I I, I was handed pretty much all six movies. And was like, here you go. This is Star Wars. So I kind of always knew. But, like, what were your guys' big. Uh, what were you guys cock a duty speculating? Is what I want to know. All right. I try to keep it as short as possible. Sorry if I went long. Oh, Thanks, good, guys. Buddy. You're the best. Peace out.
2: Oh, man. So, you talking about flipping through those Phantom Menace figures brought back a wave of nostalgia and, and uh, memories. Because I was a sophomore in high school in 1999 Phantom Menace actually came out my last day of school that year. So like after school my buddies and I <clears throat> went to see The Phantom Menace at the local theater in Columbus, Mississippi, the Malco Twin, a two-screen theater. Imagine that shit. Um so what you're talking about there. Okay, first off, <clears throat> Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they just, you know, gave Mace Windu a lightsaber because as we know, we never see his lightsaber in the Phantom Menace. And then by the time Attack of the Clones turns or, comes around and he's going to be using a lightsaber, Samuel L. Jackson talks George Lucas into letting him have a purple lightsaber. And funnily enough, I believe there was actually a Dark Horse comic back in the day that explained that during the Phantom Menace era, mace windu did have a blue lightsaber and at some point between the phantom menace and attack of the clones he went on some sort of mission and the people he was helping out on this mission gave him the purple kyber crystal as sort of like a thanks for helping them out and then that's why he has the purple lightsaber in attack of the clones now i'm pretty sure i've got one somewhere because I've got most of the Kia D. Mundy figures. Uh, I'm pretty sure his lightsaber is blue as well. It sounds like maybe the one you saw was a little discolored, maybe. But I'll tell you what, when I went to the local Kmart the night that all the Phantom Menace stuff came out, and I'm looking through all the figures, and I see all these Jedi with lightsabers and stuff, I was full-on convinced that we were going to see a lot of Jedi using lightsabers in some sort of big battle or something. And then, you know, it turns out we basically only see what Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul use lightsabers. But like, yeah, there's this whole Jedi Council and their toys all come with lightsabers. For sure, we're going to see them use those things. And then, you know, basically we had to wait three years to actually see that in Attack of the Clones. Which came out my freshman year in college i believe um and yeah and and then talking about like not knowing what color lightsaber yoda has like because of growing up with the original trilogy now i was born the year return of the jedi came out so by the time i was old enough to appreciate star wars i had the whole original trilogy that i could watch and then that was about it for a very long time, like 12, 13 years or whatever it turned out to be until The Phantom Menace came out. Now granted, there was plenty of video games and novels and stuff that eventually started came, coming out. But as far as Star Wars to watch, not a ton of it. <clears throat> but because of growing up with just the original trilogy and then no, seemingly no mention of lightsabers, uh, of Yoda having any kind of lightsaber in the supplementary material it never even crossed my mind that yoda had a lightsaber i thought that maybe he just was so powerful in the force that he forego that he that he forego that's i'm not that he just didn't use a lightsaber that's how i'll word it yeah that's how we'll word it tonight today this afternoon whenever the hell you're listening to this So yeah, I just kind of assumed he didn't have a lightsaber. So that moment in Attack of the Clones when he shows up to duel Count Dooku was mind-blowing. To this day, I still think it's one of the most bombastic theater-going experiences I've ever been part of. People just went crazy during the midnight premiere for that. Um, Pretty special. Pretty special stuff. And... You know, I know um, several friends who also sort of grew up in the same era of Star Wars that I did, and some of them are real cool with Yoda having a lightsaber, and some of them are not necessarily as cool with it, but at the end of the day, I think it's cool and I like it, so, Uh, but yeah, that was kind of some of the speculation I had. I remember, and this is real silly, I remember there's a character, you know, Rick Ollie, Rick Olay, or however you say it, in The Phantom Menace, who is the pilot for Queen Amidala's starship, right? I thought he was going to be way bigger of a role. In fact, I remember telling friends, like, I think this guy's going to be like the Han Solo of the new trilogy, because he's a pilot, and he's probably got a kick-ass ship, and no, that is not what happened with Rick Olay. One and done, one and done, much like our buddy Captain Panaka, who was never seen again. <clears throat> All right, who do we got up next? We got our buddy Jim. Let's hear what he has to say.
4: Good evening, Hawes, Will, and Mr. Chapman. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, I wanted to ask you with... Uh, the time that each episode starts, man, I'm, I'm like watching on my phone with a broke screen, driving to work at all hours, uh, the stuff, you know, no, I don't recommend it, it's dangerous, and watching it on my phone at lunch, and while I'm working on electrical, I mean, I am, I can't wait until the end of the day, so there's no way that, so until I can finally watch it on this big screen at home, so, what would you guys think? Is there a better time that this could be released? I think midnight at the, on the East Coast uh, would be sufficient, but uh, it, I, I don't know how that works out for our Aussie friends. Um, the other day, uh, Mr. Chapman had Froosh on his podcast, Star Wars Spelt Out, and uh, he's, he compared the passion and the, you know, the. The, pretty much the insanity of Star Wars fans, he compared it to his own passion for, uh, I believe it was cricket teams. And I really, that really struck home for me because the passion that uh, when you hear these fans that are so negative and so hurtful and say such ugly things like Ryan Johnson will be like, "Look at this puppy," <laughs> and some guy, too bad you ruined Star Wars and this terribleness that's all around it. But Star Wars, to a lot of people, is like this team, and if something happens that they don't agree with, it's like their team messing up, and they want their Star Wars team to be number one. Uh, and I just wanted you guys to maybe cut slack to the haters out there and all that, but the super ugly ones those guys uh but you know what i mean that well, i would love to hear you guys comment on that all right have a great evening ignite the green so i do think
2: there is a probably a better solution and i i say this as someone who stay, has stayed up till 3 three thirty in the morning all season for mandalorian watching and then recording stuff for patreon so you know maybe a little biased and then having to get up the next morning and work um i do think there's probably a better solution and i do kind of wonder if like like why not have it debut in like a prime time slot you know what i mean like what what would that even be Somewhere between seven and nine at night. Um, the night it comes out. Now, you know, uh, the reason I say this is because back when Game of Thrones was on, um, Jesse and I and our friends Ben and Teresa and Steve and Cindy, we got together to watch Game of Thrones every Sunday. And it was like a nice event, you know. And obviously, not something we could be doing this year because of the pandemic. But it wouldn't be nice to have that sort of communal viewing experience, even if it wasn't getting together with everybody. Um, You know, just sort of having it be destination viewing. And I do wonder, I don't know. I don't know the technical specifics behind it all, but is it because... They don't want people slamming the servers at a prime viewing time like that. Do they? Is there some calculation of, okay, if we put it up at midnight on the West Coast, then, you know, this many people will watch it immediately when it goes up, and then the rest of the traffic will be spread out throughout the day, if that makes sense? Don't really know that it does. Um, but yeah, I, I think there would be a solution to having it debut at some sort of like prime time slot make it destination viewing you know on a Thursday and then I also think like maybe that would lessen some of the stuff getting spoiled for people you know not always not necessarily 100% would that eliminate that but you know I kind of lost I had a brain fart I lost my train of thought anyway, as far as like the haters and stuff go like, man, I don't know, man. It's just some of it's so corny. Like some of the approaches to it is corny and, and not just corny. Some of it, like you said, is fucking hateful. I try to ignore the largest part of it and just have a good time with star Wars. Enjoy what I like and and not like what I don't like. And I think that's probably the best approach to it. Um, I totally get the sort of sport analogy doesn't for me at least ring the truest because like even at my most invested in a sports team it's been way less than like a lot of my friends who are way into like college football or NFL football or have their team like it's just hard for me to get that invested I definitely get that invested in Star Wars but even at the I don't think I necessarily have the same level of disappointment. Is it if it doesn't go exactly how I don't know, man. I just I think the best thing is to just like our buddy Swords Bandeem said, go your own way, enjoy what you like, and uh, just try to focus on that. Focus on that as much as possible. I guess. What the fuck do I know? Honestly, though. All right, let me look. I think that's the last voicemail. Yes, that is the last voicemail. So now we're on to emails. Next up, we got uh, Steve. Season's greetings, Halls and Will. I have a pretty bulletproof theory about why Ahsoka had only ever seen one other of Grogu's kind during her time at the Jedi Temple. You see, Yaddle was actually just a Yoda species (laughs) real doll that Yoda was constantly puppeteering with the force he was lonely being the only known of his species so he had an incomplete clone made of himself and modified it to be female however because of the difficulties of cloning in blood dna all that came to be was a lifeless husk a fully functioning body with no consciousness this is dark i don't like this nobody on the council wanted to acknowledge Seattle because they knew that it was just a nasty sack full of Yoda seed but they (laughs) this is rough Uh, I'm just screaming yeah this is dark (laughs) this is dark I see what you're going for this shit is dark (laughs) oh my lord I need backup on this one um, I think she never saw Yaddle cause Yaddle was gone by the time she was probably brought in to the Jedi temple. All right, let's Joshua, Joshua, let's see if he's going to talk about Yoda dumping it. <laughs> Hello there, halls and will, and very special guest. I'm writing on Monday, so feel free to ignore this email if it makes no sense after Friday. We're going, we're, we'll do it live! First, thank you, Halls, for your dedication to Blue Harvest Nation by adding more emails into last week's podcast. That was very cool. Next, that little hamster will in my brain got going after last week's show, thinking about the Mando endgame. <clears throat> it came clear to me that while he wants to find a home for Grogu with the Jedi, Grogu's real home is wherever Din is. There have been a bunch of hints about this so far. Ahsoka talking about the child's feelings about Din, the founders declaring them a clan of two and many other little things. I think where whether they find more Jedi or his home planet or not, in the end, the place where Yoju belongs is at the Mandalorian side. Which brings me the question of planet Yoda what if the reason there are so few yodas and yattles running around is their planet is in the unknown regions that would open a whole new can of worms what if they find planet yoda but it's been overrun by the first order or the chiss or they run into azra thron out there or jackson the rabbit bounty hunter or whack it with electric abs the possibilities are endless anyways thanks for the great pod and may the force be with you josh w um you know, I think Will and I kind of, I don't know if it was just Will, I don't know, man. We've had so many guests. But I, I think there was a discussion on the show of, of like, maybe Grogu ends up with Din or ends up on Mandalore after they retake Mandalore or do whatever they have to do with that. And I kind of, the, the more this show goes along, I do get the feeling that um, that will end up being, being the case. Cuz like you said in a couple of your examples, they really seem to be sort of driving that point home, right? Um and as far as where they So it it also really sort of raises some interesting questions, right? Cuz clearly George Lucas didn't want to explore yoda species all that much like famously there was this star wars Galaxies trading card with a bunch of yoda species sort of like doing some sort of force ritual around an idol or something that he asked to be pulled out of the set you know it was pretty clear at least to me that he didn't want that explored that much and you know when you add in a baby of his species and it raises even more questions and you know it, it it definitely becomes a a question of like, how far do you take it? You don't want to eliminate all the mystery of what's going on with Yoda and his species. And it could be real easy to do that, especially with the story they have going on now. So that alone kind of makes me wonder if we'll actually ever see, as you called it, planet Yoda, you know? Um, It just seems like you had, that's some, some tricky waters to navigate So I don't really know what they do with that. But I do think you're right. And I think they sort of leave Grogu in uh, Din's care after all of this. All right, next up, we've got our buddy Coda. Holy moly, guys, that last episode was so, so good. They did boba justice and silenced all the haters. With that said, I didn't have any complaints with the episode. I've seen some people have some minor problems with it. But the only one that sticks out to me is that he was aiming at the other troop pa- transport. It wouldn't have crashed and taken out the other one, given where it was at. Also, I hope they don't make Boba a bad guy. I really hope that he is insincere in helping Mando. I do, however, have one question. We have seen how tough Beskar Armour is, so how do you think Boba got that big-ass dent in his helmet? Obviously, the Cad Bane deleted Clone Wars arc wouldn't make sense because we see Mo- Boba gets shot in the head all the time. Anyway, keep up the great work and stay healthy, Kota. That is a good question. Um, Because we have seen Mando take plenty of shots and it might not make a mark on his armor. So what do you do? Do you explain, like, do you say that that Cad Bane deleted scene from Clone Wars is still canon? And that, I don't know, Cad Bane just had a more badass blaster than most people? Or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he got that ding ding in his helmet and I'm honestly not good at this sort of thing so I I don't really even know how to speculate on how it happened Um, as you heard my, my the first thing that came to mind was that maybe that scene did happen and Cad Bane just has a super awesome special blaster which let's be honest that ain't that great of an explanation so honestly um i think they'll kind of just leave that nebulous and never explain it i say this now and then watch they're gonna announce like we're bringing the boba fett cad bane arc to disney plus it's gonna be in bad batch or it's gonna be its own separate animated deal and then who looks like the fool i look like the fool all right next up we have an email from joe Hey guys, been listening to the show for a long-ass time, but this is my first time writing in, and good to hear from you, buddy. My buddy and I were discussing what we will think will happen in the next few episodes. While I'm usually horrible at predicting plot, one eye game idea came to my head. Let me know what you think. The Mando A-team will be on their way to rescue Grogu. Most likely, it'll be another lab. I'm picturing Boba walking into another cloning room. You'll see the glow of the tanks on the lab in his helmet, and you know he's processing what he's seeing and it's causing some painful flashbacks of his cloning days as a kid then i think he'll go he's going to go even more ape shit to tear that place down so much prediction is if you think him kicking ass on tython was killer you ain't seen nothing yet thanks for the entertainment every week and can't wait to hear your reactions to the last two episodes of the year joe thanks joe um i could see something like that happening right they're clearly up to cloning and lab shenanigans and you would think boba fett would have thoughts about that something i never really thought of um and let's be honest your prediction of (coughs) boba fett kicking more ass than we've already seen him kick yeah that's right up my alley yeah I, i hope you're right i really hope you're right all right next up we've got Hank, Halls & Will, good evening guys, first of all, as always, thank you for the podcast. I meant what I said last week, I appreciate what you guys do so much. I feel like after the past few weeks, we've been spoiled with action on The Mandalorian. Not that today's episode wasn't action-packed, but this one felt like it was just pushing the story along. With that being said, the end of this episode was perfect, and I cannot wait until next week. I think we're going to see an epic showdown. We've also got insane Star Wars news on Thursdays with all the show announcements and information. I won't touch on that yet because I'm still trying to digest the insanity that was dropped on us. What do you guys think in the final uh, episode of The Mandalorian will entail? Will Grogu make it back? Will the What Jedi will we see? I am stoked. Wishing you the guys the best, Hank. I don't know that we'll see a specific Jedi. I think we'll see a hint. And then for the next 12 months, we'll all be like, oh, I think that was Luke, or oh, I think that was this person, or I think it was Cal Kestis, or oh, I think it was Kia Money. or oh, I think it was somebody new. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it kind of reminds me of, I could see a very situ- similar situation, at least, uh, to the end of Chapter 5, when we heard the Bubba Fett spurs walking up on Fennec Shan's body, and, you know, immediately... I was like, "That's Boba Fett." These two Boba Fett sounds—that's Boba Fett. Boba Fett's showing up at some point, and never got off that track. Um, but since, in the time between that, and then him actually showing up, a lot of things happened. You had a lot of people thinking that it was Moff Gideon. You had a lot of people thinking that it was Denjarin, which wouldn't make any sense because why wouldn't why would they have him going back up to her body, and just, then just never referencing again? referencing it again you had people thinking "Oh, well, it's cad bane and so on and so forth and then even when hollywood reporter or whoever it was reported like oh Timur morrison's coming back and we're here we hear he's playing boba fett you immediately had people going ah there's no way he's playing boba fett he's playing rex right uh you're not gonna see boba fett it's gonna be rex well guess what coming up on chapter 16 and who have we not seen yet our pal, Rex. All Boba, no Rex. Not that seeing Rex wouldn't be cool, but I think we will see a similar situation. I think they'll hint at whoever the Jedi, or you know whatever it is, that answers Grogu Call is, and then we'll just be debating for the next year, which could be fun, could be frustrating. Probably will be a mix of both, if I had to guess. So thanks for writing in, Hank. Uh, and next up, we've got an email from Kim. Happy life, Day, Moisture Homies. It's your buddy Kim, the Manitoban Mandalorian, sending you a happy happy life day from the frozen planet of Hoth. Quick question. What, if anything, do you think the destruction of the Razorcrest will have on Hasbro's HasLab Bro's love, feel, market for the HasLab Razorcrest? Asking for a friend, Ignite the Green. <coughs> um, You know, I know a lot of people have been sort of joking and, and like having a laugh at that they just funded this whatever it was $300 350 Razor Crest toy only for it to get blown up but honestly i don't think that necessarily affects um people's feeling to it towards it because it's such a cool ship and now it's got this iconic heartbreaking moment where it gets blown up um and if you look at the the previous hab has lab project uh jabba's sail barge, the katana back to earlier in the episode it got blown up and people still love that thing making lego sets of it uh, funding a way more expensive version of it on HasLab, and now that thing is still selling like crazy on ebay trust me i go and check every now and then um so yeah i don't think it's going to affect it that much um if anything it just gives us the opportunity for him to have a second cool ship that in a year or two they can f- fun through HasLab and then probably blow that bitch up too so i guess we'll see but i i don't think at the end of the day i think the fact like as far as the secondary market and the collector's scene goes like the fact that it is going to be i can hear my dog luna snoring so loudly from somewhere behind me okay she just stopped she was snoring so loud um Anyways, I think the fact that it was limited, you know, that it was a a crowdfunding thing only will, it's always going to be sought after. So um, I don't think anybody has anything to worry about there. (sighs) All right. Next up, we've got Colton and he has to say this. Howdy, Halls and Will. Big week, y'all. Lots of exciting news, but I've only got one announcement on my mind star wars visions the anime short films my man this is also something i'm very excited for there will be 10 films and i'd like to hear your idea for a few pitches that you'd like to see the two for me that come immediately to mind a short film about pod racers with a humorous kid friendly vibe the sequence in phantom menace drags a bit towards the end but i think an anime style could really make room for a much more varied environments Number two, a teenage Boba Fett short about him hunting down Mace Windu and seeking to avenge his dad right after Order sixty six. This would skew more adult, and the end would see him realizing that Mace is dead and coming to terms with his father's death and his place in the galaxy. This could be moody and set in hyper in the hyper neon Coruscant underworld. Can't wait to hear y'all's ideas. Cheers, Colton. I am going to. I'm going to answer this. But I'm also going to save this one because I feel like this is one um, that Will would absolutely want to um, have some input on because Will is a big anime guy as well. (laughs) And I'll I'll give a couple of pitches and then maybe in the meantime um, before, while we wait on Will uh, to answer, I can come up with a couple of others. I like your idea of... Something set in sort of that super high neon underground Coruscant world, whether it's Boba Fett or not, like I think that that would be a cool setting and you can, you can just imagine it in your mind's eye, the, um, the sort of anime style that they could pull off doing something like that. Oh my God, she's snoring again. It's so loud. I can hear it over my headphones. Um and then, um, oh, it really threw me off. <laughs> what you have to imagine they're gonna do something cool with Jedi, right, and really lean into the whole Samurai thing. I would like to see them do something like weird, like real weird, like get into force visions or the wills or like, okay, imagine. That Yoda arc that ends season six of the Clone Wars but even weirder and in an anime style and I think that could be real fun I would love to see uh, a good old R2 and C-3PO story in anime style uh, I think you could do that one and it'd be more of the light hearted tone and <clears throat> could be a lot of fun and then Lastly, uh, I think you got to do a cool dogfighting one. Really lean into sort of the Gundam space battle of it all, whether it be set during the prequel era, or the sequel era, or the original trilogy. And and obviously a lot of this comes because of the uh, animated fan film that came out a few years back. That's like a Tie Fighter pilot, um, you know, dogfighting with a bunch of X Wings. I think you do that, and I think that could be pretty solid as well. I'm very much looking forward to Star Wars Visions and hearing more about it, though. I want to know what studios are involved and what storylines and when it's coming, and I just, uh, I'm very excited for that. That is pretty high up on my list of the stuff that was announced last week. But I will be archiving that email and trying to hopefully this week when we discuss the finale or um maybe the following week either way i think um i think will will have some good input on that and he would be bummed to have missed out on that question because he loves anime so much and this is something we have talked so many times about wishing they would do in star wars um all right let me check real quick to make sure do my best to see that I didn't miss anybody or that mm, there hasn't been any that have come in like in the moment like while I've been doing these doesn't appear so so guys thanks so much I um appreciate all you guys that wrote in and called in you know sorry it's just me answering them now but we got a lot and like I don't like to get them super piled up. Cause then it just feels like we're never going to get to them all. And I don't want you guys to feel left out, uh, because you were so nice to write or call in. Uh, and we always appreciate that. Like you guys's interactions with the show are, uh, like a big part of the show itself. Like so many of our stupid, uh, inside blue harvest jokes come from interacting with you guys. So anyways, thanks for hanging out with me for the last hour or so like i said if you haven't heard it yet episode 280 is real good uh, with our buddy josh chapman uh, and i have a feeling episode 282 coming up uh, later this week either late friday early saturday whenever i get it done with our final mandalorian special guest will also be a good time wrapping it up mandalorian season two it's crazy seems like it went by so fast but here we are coming up on the end of the season and then who knows what we got in store for the next 12 months while we wait for it to come anyways guys thank you so much for everything you do for us we hope you guys are being safe we hope you are taking care of yourselves and uh we will talk to you soon until then this has been a Blue Harvest Moisture Farmers Special and I'm Hals Burkhart may the force be with you may the
0: force be with
7: us